Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Trade Deadline Day on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brought to you by Touchback Safety. Open for all of your training needs. With in-depth discussion and analysis, here's Bob Stoffer. Yeah, we're going to go today from 11 until 2. Uh, Shay Gannam on 630Ched is available online at 630Ched.com. And we'll be back tomorrow from 9 until uh, 12 o'clock. And my apologies, that was Randy Kilburn with the 1130 update. It will be Eileen after 12 o'clock. In this hour, uh, Reed Wilkins' heart. Uh, Levine from Puckpedia, Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network, John Shannon. Uh, we will tell you the Edmonton Oilers have acquired Dmitry Kulikov from the New Jersey Devils for a conditional fourth-round pick that theoretically could become a third-rounder. Other trades uh, of note, Adam Gaudet gets moved from the Canucks to Chicago for Matthew Highmore. The Vegas Golden Knights have just acquired Matthias Janmark of the Chicago Blackhawks for a second- and third-round pick. The Big ones last night, Taylor Hall. Hard to believe. Think about this for a second. Taylor Hall acquired uh, by the Boston Bruins, along with Curtis Lazaro, former Edmonton Oil King, for just a second-round pick in Anders Bjork, who had not panned out, and you wonder whether or not that might have. If Hall is successful in Boston, Buffalo ate half his salary, by the way. Could that have some ramifications for a guy by the name of Jake DeBrusque? Jeff Carter goes from... Uh, L.A. to Pittsburgh for a conditional third and conditional fourth. Um, the Calgary Flames, remember his name was once Big Save Dave? Well, he got moved with Calgary eating half his salary for a 2022 third-round pick uh, by the Toronto Maple Leafs. So those are some of the deals that went down yesterday. We bring a border inside the game analyst Rob Brown. Rob, will start with the Oilers' news of the day, the acquisition of Dmitry Kulikov. To me, this tells me a little about where the coaching staff was at with Caleb Jones along uh uh, along with William Lagason, I mean, Kulikov's a more experienced player. He was playing 19 minutes a game. Uh, he's got extensive playoff experience. He's 30. I'd like to get your take on the deal. Well, you could tell that the Oilers were never excited about their third pairing. Uh, Lagason being for a little while, and he had some good games, and he's out. Jones will be back in there. And, and you usually saw the guy that was coming in, there'd be the 10-minute night where he'd get 10 minutes of ice time. So he didn't have the trust of the coaching staff. Uh, sometimes, you know, Chris Russell, who's, who's played uh, wonderfully this year, but sometimes he's been put in a position where he's playing higher in the lineup. He's playing top four minutes when I'm sure they would rather have, have him as a third-pairing defenseman. Uh, this gives Dave Tippett uh, a little more experience on the back end, uh, a veteran presence that he's probably going to have a little more trust in. And in all honesty, it gives the others more depth. If the way that the rest of the season is going to go and then through the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of games in short period. You're going to need eight, nine quality defensemen over the course of a playoff run. And this gives them one more quality NHL defenseman, a guy that's going to probably play, uh, well, he will play every night. And you you can put Lagason and Jones and a Bouchard. They can be put in periodically when the need is, the need is there or when injuries call. You brought up a name, Bouchard. Should they have invested? They gave him one game on the left side with an Ethan Bear recovering from a concussion against the best team, not right now in their division, the best team in the league, the Toronto Maple Leafs, on a night in which they started their backup goaltender. Was it tough to get a fair read of what Bouchard could do on the left side? Uh, 
based on a, a, a one-game, by the way, in, in a three-game stretch in which the Oilers were not very good against Toronto overall. Your thoughts? Well, anybody coming in out of the taxi squad or coming out of a press box going in against the Leafs, that's, it's tough. Uh, bring a veteran back who's been out for a while and he's on a taxi squad and all of a sudden, okay, we're going to play tonight, we're going to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then we're going to throw in the fact we're going to put you in a position you haven't played before. That would be tough. It, it would. You're not going to get a, uh, an accurate read on that player. It, it takes a player, you know, a few few games to be able to uh, learn playing a different position because there's so many different things that happen when you're on your offside. And you might play there on a power play and feel comfortable on the power play. It's completely different when you're in your own zone on breakouts, on four checks, stuff like that. So, yeah, it wasn't – you didn't get a true read on what Bouchard could do. But Dave Tippett has tipped his hat or shown his hand when he's like, where he thinks of some of the younger defensemen. He likes their potential. He doesn't see them as players that are guys that he can trust right now at this moment. And that's why they went and got a veteran player. So Bouchard is going to be a very good player for the Oilers. I don't see him having an important role for the remainder of the season or playoffs unless someone gets injured. We're joined right now by our Inside the Game analyst from the Oilers Radio Network, Rob Brown, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Cast of thousands on today's show. Uh, Taylor Hall. I mean, think about what the, the Oilers gave up. Two second-round picks. All being a, it just shows you how completely different the world was a year ago in February than where we're at right now. Flat cap played a huge factor in this. Edmonton didn't give up one number two pick. They gave up two number picks to get two number two picks to get up Athanasiu, who was making three million a year, who was coming off. He was minus forty-five when Edmonton made that trade. So people talk about a devalued asset. Athanasiu was at that time. The Oilers two second-round picks. Could you have envisioned when Taylor Hall signed in Buffalo, Rob Brown, that the best the Buffalo Sabres could get was a second-round pick for Taylor Hall, a former Hart Trophy winner? No, and a former Hart Trophy winner, not 10 years ago, a few years ago. Uh, no, it's shocking. It is shocking how far uh, his stock has fallen, and a lot has to do with the season he's having, the team he's been on, but more importantly, the world that we're in right now. Uh, you just, teams need... Uh, guys in the next couple of years are going to be playing uh, the guys that they drafted. They're going to have to have uh, guys that are salary-friendly. And that's why you need you need to keep your first-round picks because those guys that you're going to have playing in the future for you, the very new future. Um, and also, I, I, I was looking at a thing between what Columbus has hauled so far in the trades and what Buffalo has. Uh, Columbus has got a veteran general manager, and he has raked in draft picks for lesser players than the Buffalo Sabres have got for the better players, supposedly. Uh, shocked that Taylor has only gone for what he went for. I do believe that it is something that Taylor Hall needed. And the Boston Bruins may be huge benefactors out of this. If Hall goes there and plays even close to what people thought he was capable of playing, that gives the Boston Bruins a huge leg up going into the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, I'm shocked that that's all Taylor Hall, Hall garnered for the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Ryan Getzlaff, uh, reports are considering uh, Vegas might be an option for him. We will tell you that the Vegas Golden Knights were in on Taylor Hall. They were also uh, in on um, uh, Matthias Janmark. Well, they got Yanmark, so I wonder if that takes uh, Vegas out of the mix because they get themselves another guy that can play center. Uh, 
Rob, the Oilers don't have a lot of wiggle room here. They got about a, some would say somewhere, but roughly 1.1 to 1.5 million, maybe at this stage left, depending upon how things uh, work out with Turris and Neil and the options there. Do you think we see something else today? What do you figure? I think that they would like to. I think Holland would love to be able to get someone with a little bit of a scoring pedigree to put on his first two lines. I think that's the, yeah. if you just think about it, if, if R&H, if, if this injury was to happen in the playoffs that he's out right now and uh, 10 days or whatever, that's four or five games. And you, you, we've seen when you break up Connor and Leon and you don't have Nugent Hopkins in the lineup, you are very thin. Uh, on top six scores. So I'm sure that Ken Holland would love to find someone else who could put the puck in the net. But unfortunately for him, his hands are tied. He can only do so much. He's going to have to be, get incredibly creative, and he's going to have to find a team that's willing to be creative with him. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard. But Ken Holland's a seasoned vet. Uh, he's pulled rabbits out before of the hat, and hopefully he can because the Toronto Maple Leafs got better. And that's one of the teams that the others are going to have to go through if they want to move on. So you hope that the Edmontonians could maybe find one more magic trick that can help them for the remainder of the season. Rob, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll uh, have you join us in the third hour of our coverage today. Uh, we've got uh, Dmitry Kulikov coming up here in about 90 seconds' time. So there you have it. That's their Inside the Game analyst, uh, longtime NHLer Rob Brown, once had a 49-goal, 114-point season in the National Hockey League. Back in a couple minutes' time with the newest member of the Edmonton Oilers, Dmitry Kulikov. You're listening to 630 Chet's ongoing trade deadline day coverage. It's NHL Trade Deadline Day, brought to you by Touchback Safety. Exclusive coverage on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad, with Bob Stoffer. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 1146 in Edmonton. This is an uh, extended version of uh, Oilers Now. Uh, Edmonton Oilers returning to action theoretically Friday night, depending upon what uh, transpires uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, ongoing battles with COVID. Uh, Cam Moon and myself will have that uh, broadcast uh, for you. Uh, and then uh, Jack and uh, me will have a call of the game against Winnipeg. And speaking of Winnipeg, our next guest spent uh, three seasons there. Uh, he has uh, just been acquired by the Edmonton Oilers uh, in a deal with the New Jersey Devils. And we welcome Dmitry Kulikov. Dmitry, it's Bob. How you doing? Hey, Bob. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty and good. Now that, uh, yeah, doing pretty good. Now that you know the, the news are out there, and you know uh, I know um, where I'm going. And, you know, it's a little bit easier can relax now. Uh, you did spend uh, multiple seasons with the Winnipeg Jets, so you're familiar with Western Canada. Uh, you matched up about, uh, against Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Uh Just give us your, you know, how happy are you? You got a chance to to play in the playoffs here and be on a team with uh, a couple of the best players in the world. Uh, that's all you can ask for, you know the. Uh, the chance at the at the playoffs and you know get a chance to compete for the cup. That's uh, you know that's uh, that's what that's what we play for. You know the, to win the Stanley Cup and uh, you know I'm fortunate and I'm grateful for the uh, for the opportunity um, to be able to to do that. You often play against the best players. Uh, now you're playing with Connor and Leon to name a couple. You excited about that? Uh, very excited. Uh, you know, they're, they're two, two of the best uh, in the league, and it, it was uh, very, very hard to play against them. But 
but and also it was very fun to uh, to watch them play, uh, you know, against other teams. You know, when they're when they're uh, uh, scoring the points against other teams, it, it kind of feels good that it's not against you. We're joined right now by Dmitry Kulikov, who's uh, just in transit as we speak. Uh, Dmitry, has your role as a defenseman changed? When you broke into the league with Florida, I recall you being a little bit more of an offensive guy, but have you evolved in, into more of a defensive shutdown defenseman uh, You know, as your career has gone on? Um, yeah, so the last... The last three years in Winnipeg, I haven't played power play, um, but I wouldn't say that you know I've evolved into a shutdown defenseman. I'm still uh, I'm still the same player as I was uh, when I broke into the league. Um, yes, the roles have changed, uh, but I haven't changed my game. Um, you know, it's it, it's hard to get points from the blue line um, if you're not on the power play. Uh, so maybe there the point production kind of went down. Um, since, the, since then, um, but I, I would say that I'm still all those things that I was when I broke into the league. You know, I'm, I'm fast, I can, I can move the puck, I'm playing physical. Um, so that's it. All right. Uh, how much penalty killing have you done over the last two or three seasons? All the penalty killings it could be. <laughs> so you've yeah, done a lot. Done a lot of it. You've done a lot yeah. of it. I know yeah. you. I know. Uh, I, 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 I was stunned to find out that you uh, you had to talk to Ken Holland before you talked to me. I'm just joking. But uh, did Ken sort of express to you? I mean, obviously he's happy to get you, but you're playing 19 minutes a game in New Jersey, so you're playing lots right now. Did Ken give you a sense of uh, you know, look, you're going to be playing every night. Uh, maybe it'll be with Adam Larson. Maybe it'll be with Tyson Berry. Maybe it'll be. Uh, with Ethan Bear, but did, have you did you have a good conversation with uh, Ken Holland? I've had a good conversation with him. Uh, it was more of a just a welcome to the team conversation. We haven't got into the specifics who uh, who I'm playing with. Um, he didn't specify how, how many minutes a night I'm going to be playing. I mean, it's all up to the coaches. Uh, um, so we we just had a you know welcome to the team conversation. Now these are unique times, as you know, uh, dealing with the pandemic. And I think we're all, you know, as a broadcaster, I feel privileged to work in the business. As a player, I'm sure you feel privileged to get a chance to play. But it is a unique time. Uh, what is the schedule like for you? When when will you be flying into Canada? When you fly into Edmonton? When you start the quarantine? Do you have that figured out yet, Dimitri? Um, we're trying to figure it out right now. You know, I've been with the team services. Um, I I would assume it'll be in, in the next couple of days that I'm flying into Canada, um, and then starting the quarantine will will go over these. Uh, I'm sure by the end of today. 
And one final one for you, just a little bit of a, a fun question to conclude with. Uh, who was your favorite player growing up as a kid? Who did you kind of, like, I love Valerie Harlamov. I'm a little bit older than you, but I remember when he came over in the yeah. 70s and how spectacular of a player he was. Did you have a, like, was Fedosov a kid, uh, player you looked up to? Or was there, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Russian player, but did you have an idol or somebody you looked up to as a, as a kid? Yeah, when I was when I was younger, and you know, we we just started to you know get into you know hitting people. Uh, I've watched highlights from from the NHL, and I've seen uh, Kasparides you know throwing the hip checks and and hitting people. So he was uh, I liked his style. Um, then as, as as I've seen, I guess more games on TV or highlights. You know, um, Andre uh, Markov and Gonchar, uh, those guys uh, were the, like the idols, and I've looked up to them. Dimitri, I, we know you're busy. Uh, uh... Congratulations on uh, getting a chance to play in the playoffs, and thank you for taking time to uh, uh, join us here in Oilers now and have some safe travels into Edmonton, okay? Uh, no problem. Thanks, guys. You bet. That is Dmitry Kulikov. He is the uh, newest member of the Edmonton Oilers hockey team. Thank you very much to the Oilers uh, PR department for assisting in uh, turning that around. Brendan, just let me know when our next guest is lined up and good to go. All good. We quickly go uh, from a guy who uh, idolized De- uh, Darius Kasparitis growing up to a uh, guy who in the television industry was known for throwing the occasional hip check and playing on the edge, the one and only John Janitor, <laughs> NHL insider for Legacy Heated and Cooling. Oh, oh, hold on now. Oh, hold on now. You know, this is a kinder, gentler world. You can't be talking like that, Bob. You, know? you, you were not kind of gentle. Oh, People are gonna think if uh, people out there are gonna think I was a monster or something. No, 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 no. That guy was in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, you know what? It, it, it's really interesting. I mean, you know how heavily influenced New Jersey is with analytics, yeah. and the numbers on Kulikov. Um, are very good and to me this is it's not the sexiest type of addition john but it's kind of a subtle pickup and given what wasn't happening with sort of the oilers second slash third pairing options on the left side to me it's it it's 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 a pretty it's tough to criticize the acquisition you know what i'm saying yeah, no, you're right, Bob. I mean, Kenny all along uh, made no secrets that what he was trying to do was find a left winger and try find a left side defenseman. Um, and I mean, he's he's accomplished half of that. I don't. I'm not sure there's much out there that he can accomplish for the winger without paying a heavy price. And at this point, they don't want to pay a heavy price. But what it also does for me, I think, is. In my opinion, and I'm sure that Specs already talked about this, and many, many people have pointed out, it really puts Chris Russell back in the spot where he should be Um, and and takes a load of pressure off of him and his body at this time of year. So if you can move Russell back to the third pair and, and allow him to mentor one of the young guys, um, to me, that's I, I think that's a that's a positive, and I think Kulikov will work well with 
uh, Larson. I assume he's yep. going to play with Larson. And then you've got your number one group of Barry with Darnell. And so this is the domino effect of making your hockey team better in the short term. And, and, he, and quite frankly, he didn't have to pay very much for it. A fourth rounder that changes to a third rounder if the Oilers get to the second round. Yeah, I, I just, uh, again, and, I, and I've seen the text come in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, and I think most of the, like, the listeners last year looked at the acquisition cost for Athens U, even, and, and albeit it was, you know, potentially an 86, 87, 88 million dollar cap world, at least so we thought on February 28th, and they, but two number two picks, and they're saying, wow, that's a lot to give up. He, let's hope he becomes the same guy he once was. Well, then we had a world changing pandemic that altered the course and the direction of caps as we know it. This is one where you're just giving up a fourth round pick, and they're seeing real numbers, and you know our listenership. They're into the numbers, and they're fully aware of what Kulikov was basically accomplishing. The other thing, John, for me, like, you, hey, that game against Calgary, write that one off on Saturday night for numerous reasons, but Edmonton's been small. Okay, Barry's a smaller guy. When you're playing both Bear and Jones in the lineup with uh, with Tyson Barry uh, mm-hmm. and Chris Russell, that's not the biggest of defenses. Well, now, for the sake of argument, you take Jones out, you put in a six foot one veteran, two hundred and five, two hundred eight pound defenseman that surprises you with hits. It's a little bit different dimension. And oh, by the way, he can match up against opposition's top defensemen and kill yeah. penalties as well. Jimmy, and, and the other thing, uh, the other thing I'm sure you mentioned too, Bob, is they they buy some uh, buy themselves some time with uh, not having a game until Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so so they uh they have they have you know, what I I guess if you include today they'll have 5 days to work through immigration slash um yeah uh, and uh, and pandemic uh, protocols and and covid protocols for for him to be in the lineup next week sometime. Yeah, uh, very quickly. Uh, they don't have a lot of cap space here. Uh, you know that. Uh, in a, in 40 seconds or less, and we'll get you back on to get some post thoughts after the deadline's over. But do you see them? We know they're going to try. Is it going to have to be contract in, contract out, money in, money out at this stage if they add something else? I, I think it did. Uh, I, I think it does, particularly now. You know, I mean, the other the other thing you have to try to do is if you if you understand that Slater Cuckoo's coming back before the end of the season, no guarantee, then you you have to have space a little bit of space for him because he's not making lots of money, but it's it's all cash at some point. Yeah. But you're going to have to get rid of something to get something. With Neil uh, going back to the taxi squad, that's another bit of bit of a chunk of money. Uh, so from and Ennis going back, that's another chunk of money. So we'll see what happens that way. Yeah. John, we'll touch base in about two hours, okay? Yep. Bye-bye. That, yep, that is John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Uh, it is 11.58 Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update uh, with, uh, I believe now, with Eileen Bell. Uh, in the second hour of the show, uh, we will hear from uh, Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels, Louis DeBrusque, and Cam Moon. You're listening to extended NHL trade deadline day coverage. Oilers now on 6:30. Chet. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad.